We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Rotoviz College Football Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Stéphane Lacoe, joined by my co-host, Matt Wispay. This podcast is being brought to you by Blue Wire, Indeed, and Bet Online. We are so excited that you are here. We have another great week of football to talk about. Well, actually, last week sucked. Uh, as a Ducks fan, um, I don't even want to get into it. But Matt, how are you doing today? Well, since as of right now, barring anything changing, it looks like Ohio State is going to play this weekend. Fingers crossed. We practice yes. already this week, and there was the whole talk of as long as we practice by Thursday. Um, it's, I mean, I'm happy now, I guess. I, I can't be complaining. Um, so, yay, I get to watch football and care this week. Yeah, there you go. That's always nice. I, I've stopped caring because the world is a terrible place filled with darkness and depression. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was up I was up watching that uh, that Ducks game. And, man, I don't think many people are watching. It was one of the later games, and it's Pac-12. No one really seems to care all that much. But it was uh, what used to be known as the Civil War. So Ducks, Beavers, Oregon, Oregon State. And we had won, like, so many in a row. It wasn't, it's not even a rivalry anymore. And then we just got – we were up fairly comfortably, and then – Man, just could not stop the run at all. And the Beavers just rolled. They ended up winning on like a quarterback sneak from like the inch line. 
and uh, there was only like 17 seconds left or something like that. And uh, obviously not enough time to do anything about it. So the Ducks lose and I was depressed. And uh, we know it's college football time when, you know, like four games into the season, my team's already out of it. That's always fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I I feel like I can say some stuff that uh, about them. I I don't think your team is as bad as you think. I think you believe that you have this like god awful rush defense that is basically in the equivalent to like um, Seattle's Ohio, past defense, <laughs> or like Ohio State's past defense, or Oklahoma in recent years. I think you went against Jerbar. Like I think realistically, I, the one thing that should have been the takeaway for everyone who watched college football, particularly Debbie watchers, um, Jermar Jefferson is dope. Jermar yes. Jefferson is a legitimate talent. We're talking about a dude who, let me, I, I, I now feel obligated to actually do some work and like pull up like 2018 rushed for 1300 yards and 12 touchdowns as a true freshman with, but with 25 receptions for 147 last year, which I think he was dinged up. Um, he definitely didn't like play a full year, um, 685 yards and eight touchdowns. Um, and this year, we're talking about now in four games, he's almost eclipsed what he did in 2019 already. Right. Um, 675 yards, averaging 7.4 carry, has seven touchdowns and has eight receptions. I mean, he's balling out. This is a dude that I think every single person who does Debbie ranks needs to do a reevaluation of where they have him. Because if you're not talking about him right now as a top 48, asset so basically top four rounds worth of players i think you're doing it wrong because right. i mean even if he doesn't come out this year even if he waits and goes out another year like has another year worth of playing 2022 isn't good isn't there a chance that he's a top five running back in either 2021 or 2022 yeah, absolutely. And I mean, he, he's got like 83% of Oregon State's running back touches um, yeah. as far as running the ball, like rushes. I mean, he's just a force and he's he's just impressive. He had an 82-yard or 87-yard, something like that, uh, like breakaway touchdown early on in that game. And he is just fast. He knows how to set linebackers up so that they take bad angles. And he is, he's shifty, big and fast, <laughs> you know, like when you watch him play, uh, he definitely, he definitely looks special. Yeah. I think I, I for it, while it is easy to come away from losing a rivalry game, sitting here and focusing on the fact that a running back torched you, I think the takeaway should be, Hey, that running back is awesome. And yeah, maybe our, maybe this wasn't our year to compete um, at a super high level, but you know, I, I still think you are probably the second or third best team in the Pac-12. And that's, I mean, that's not really a terrible thing. Well, I still think we might be the best, like maybe not record-wise when it's all said and done, but I still think we're the best team in the Pac-12 right now uh, because n none of the teams right now look all that impressive or complete. I think for me, uh, the the big, the, the we've already talked way too much. Everyone's already tuned out, turned off They're the gone. podcast because no one cares about the Pac-12 and especially the Ducks. But they uh, they're gonna they're gonna be set up for for a good good season next year. We just have so much youth on the team. Anyway, let's move on. Let's uh, we've got a great show for you guys today. Uh, we already did some of our uh, can we talk about stuff here. We're gonna jump into the news and the notes, and of course we're gonna look back at last week, go through our locks, uh, talk about uh, some of the games we picked, and then we'll move on. To the future, 
uh, go through some of the big games of the weekend and, of course, finish it up with our uh, locks of the week. Uh, but before we do all of that, let's uh, let's do the notes and new- the news and notes like we talked about. The big story from last weekend, Penix uh, tore his ACL, I believe. Um, I know he's out for the year. So Indiana without their uh, starting quarterback, who has been really special so far this year. And they're going to be uh, handing the reins over to a sophomore, a former four-star recruit, Jack Tuttle. Uh, he, uh, he, he went five or five last week for 34 yards. We didn't really get to see a whole lot, but he's taken over now for Indiana. And you got to think this is just, uh, really disappointing for the, this team because they'd been playing so well, they'd been getting some, some big wins and now, um, they're going to have to try to do it with a backup quarterback. Yeah. I mean, Indiana was, I mean, I don't know that they were necessarily this great team. I think they, they had their own issues, but they were sure fun, and Michael Penix was at the center of that fun because he, despite the fact that his line didn't always hold up for him, he, I mean, he made a lot of plays. So definitely a guy that they're going to miss. Yeah, it's uh, it's a shame, uh, but there's you know there's opportunity uh, there still, and it'll be interesting to see what they can do. They still have a they have a lot of talent on that team. I'm I'm, I'm curious how it will roll. I'm not. I mean, I don't think anyone really thought they were going to win the uh, the Big Ten anyway, uh, but it's definitely going to be a lot more difficult now. Um, you mentioned earlier that Ohio State looks to be on track to play. Unfortunately, we do have some canceled games, not as many as uh, this time last week. Uh, right now, we're looking like we're going to miss out on Southern Miss UTEP, Northwestern Minnesota. Minnesota, man, they just can't get out on the field right now. Um, might be best for them, actually. I but think they're done for the year. I don't, I don't think like they might be done up at all this year. Um, um, looks like, uh, Maryland, Michigan, FIU, Charlotte. Am I missing anything? Those are the ones that I had quickly. I mean, looking at it, those are the ones that are on ESPN that are currently listed as canceled. I, oh, and Kent, Kent state, Miami of Ohio is also well. Don't forget about the Mac. I know. I know you jerk. Well, I mean, let's, let's talk about speaking of, uh, some, some small ball football. Let's talk a little bit about Buffalo, shall we? So uh, this will preview one of the, my major losses on this weekend um, in locks. Uh, Buffalo is the team in the MAC. There is absolutely there shouldn't be a question about this. Um, they're going to run away and hide with the MAC, and Lance Leopold is going to get really, really good job offers this off season. He, if any team, like if Michigan can't get Matt Campbell or Luke Fickle or Marcus Freeman. Um, and by the way, I'm not even necessarily saying that those guys are definitely ahead of uh, Lance Leopold, but Lance Leopold should be on that list with them. That's how good a coach he is. He's won at basically every level. Yeah. But the story of that game, I mean, so there's this running back on this team, um, Jarrett Patterson. I guess you could say he had a good game. Oh um, my God. What was it? He had a good season. <laughs> Yeah, I think he had 405, 405 yards and eight touchdowns. Uh, his backup went over 100 yards and had a touchdown. Bonkers. Um, I mean... Yeah, so close to setting the, the rushing record, which was well, did you, you know, a, a shame that he, he didn't get did to Did you hear the story that. that basically his coach didn't know what the record yes. was, and that was why... Um, it just silly season out there. And you knew right away, because... I think in his first four touches, he had like 200 yards. It was silly season. He, they were not tackling him. It was, 
it was like watching Derrick Henry in December. Like no one seemed to want to tackle that guy. Um, yeah, I mean, just there. That's all you have to say. I, the one thing that I will say is I was re, I'm really happy he wasn't on the DFS slate um, of games for right. that weekend. If you if you're a DraftKings player, um, yeah, he was a. Uh, he would have broken it. It it would have been one of those weeks where he straight up broke the system. So uh, if you're happy, if you are a DFS player sitting there going, dang, I would have played him. Yeah. And if you didn't play him, then your lineup would have been immediately losing. Yep. It wouldn't have mattered. Absolutely. Oh, oh it was just crazy. It was, it was fun. I, I ended up tuning into some of that at the end just because I had to see uh, what was going to happen. And um, I was, I will say the, I, I don't necessarily think he has a chance to be a high draft pick. So no one, if no one do the thing we always do, which is overreact to a huge game and make, turn a guy into being something special when he isn't, he's a really, really good player. He will get drafted. It will be on day three. So mm-hmm. like, just don't, don't turn him into Kareem Hunt who. Oh, Kareem Hunt was a Mac guy who got drafted in the third round, and ever look how great he is. Patterson's under is seen as relatively undersized and is super productive, but there are he's not going to be at that level. Or if he does, I'll be really shocked. I'm not going to yeah, say I'll do anything silly, but <laughs> if yeah, he he's does, five I nine one ninety five, yeah. But yeah, good for him though. Super fun, and uh, yeah, Buffalo is probably a team that people should be. Uh, you know, low key interested in just because they're a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we uh, give our attention over to uh, some 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 of our sponsors? Uh, I mean, let's. I think the thing we kind of haven't talked about a ton this season is, I mean, college football playoff rankings have come out again this week. the The key things to kind of pay attention to if you're really curious about the playoff is. Top four stayed the same, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, um, and then Texas A&M and Florida. I think they flipped. No, they they were where they were at. Um, and then Cincinnati at seven. Those are really the only team. I mean, realistically, there are six teams that have a chance to make the playoff at this point. The, the, there's an, for an, if you're an Ohio State fan, there's a nightmare scenario where Clemson beats Notre Dame close, Alabama loses to Florida. There's your top four. Um, if you are hoping for Cincinnati to um, somehow sneak in, which I think honestly, a lot of us would love to see the, the only scenario that gets you there is Alabama wins big Notre Dame wins big Ohio state slips up Auburn knocks off. um, Or at that point you may not need Auburn to knock off Texas A&M, but it would help. (laughs) Auburn's not going to do that (laughs) but yes i hear what you're saying yeah no the the playoffs always interesting i'm so curious just to see what's going to happen if uh some teams only have you know like five and oh big 10 team not not to be uh, named or not to jinx anything but how would that fare against a a team like clemson who might have one or maybe even two losses are we competing against clemson i guess that's i don't know my real question is is i like i said i think the only outcome that leads to Ohio State going out is if Florida beats Alabama. That's that's the trigger here is Florida has to beat Alabama and Clemson has to beat Notre Dame because I think Notre Dame's pretty close to a lock 
to be in at this point. I think right. the most likely scenario is that Notre Dame and Clemson both make it into the playoff. If we think Alabama is as good as they are, Alabama's going to get in. So really, our, the competition, if you are looking at that final spot, is Ohio State versus Texas A&M, Ohio State versus Cincinnati. I mean, it's those three teams. And yeah, sure. I get it. The records are different. And I think we all kind of knew that coming into this year, this was going to be the one year where any precedents that were set in like earlier seasons were going to go out the window because, I mean, if you're the playoff committee, aren't you desperately hoping these top four teams hold? Oh, absolutely. Just, <laughs> I mean, and I think that's how that's going to play out. I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist who's going to tell you that the playoff committee really, really is just going to let uh, TV ratings drive all this. But you want the potential for the best four teams. And while you you think A&M and Florida are both awesome teams and their their resumes are just objectively better than Ohio State's right now, if Florida loses to Alabama, you don't want to see that potential for that game to happen again. We don't want a situation where we're just having a team lose in the SEC championship and just instantly get in. Or Texas A&M, I mean... Their their claim to fame is kind of the fact that they beat Florida. So it, it's I don't I don't think anyone's really clamoring to see that. So it's just it's it's a unique year, and I think it's just going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. And we still have some time before we have to worry about it all. I, I imagine a lot of it will will work itself out between now and then. Anyway, as uh, Coastal Carolina just continues to beat everyone, go undefeated, and uh, end up winning the the national championship this year. Uh, as we will all uh, no doubt be excited for. No, just kidding. Let us take a minute to hear from one of our great sponsors, Indeed, who are just absolutely killing it when it comes to hiring people. The last few months have been difficult for businesses. Everyone around the world has been challenged to keep up with the needs, both from a hiring and also just a workforce environment. So Indeed can help you be efficient, and hire the right people. They are the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person that you need to keep your business going. And right now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month, according to Comscore's total visit. So it's clear that Indeed can help you get the quality hire that you need. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer anywhere Go right now to indeed.com slash blue wire offer is valid through December 31st terms and conditions apply. Let us get into the recap. Take it away, Matt. This was a uh, kind of an up and down week. You, you did really well in the regular games. Your locks got a little bit unlucky. Um, I was kind of the opposite, kind of the middling on the, uh, on the regular, like but I didn't really get unlucky. I had like four complete and utter tragedy picks here. So uh, starting with my wins, my uh, fuck you pick of the week uh, of App State over Troy um, at minus 13 and a half. They covered that or they won that game by 37. That was great. Um, my my 
kind of with my heart, but also with my chest pick here of Penn State plus two and a half against Michigan. They end up outright winning that game 27-17. Lost Ohio State uh, minus 14 and a half in the first half against Illinois to COVID. So that's a bummer because that might have helped salvage my seat or my week. And now we get into the part of the board where I did terrible. So I had Kent State at plus seven against Buffalo. I actually said there was a chance that I liked the money line in this game. Yeah, Jarrett Patterson. That sucked. 70 to 41, uh, Buffalo. Uh, Georgia Tech and Duke. This was my article pick uh, under 58. I was uh, confident that two incompetent offenses that had okay defenses would be able to keep the scoring down. That game got to 89 points. Super. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, I did have the like super smelly but super fun Northwestern Michigan State under 41 and a half. Yeah, it got to 49. That's the risk you take when you have these ones. Honestly, I was pretty disappointed in Northwestern's defense because Michigan State scored a lot of points early, and I kind of knew that game was a wash once Michigan State got up early. Um, happens. Notre Dame team total over 36 and a half. They only got to 31. I don't feel terrible about this pick. I still think looking at it, I was I, I wasn't on the right side. The scoring definitely wasn't happening in a hurry. It was just one of those ones where they missed out on a couple opportunities. I felt like this one could have gone either way. But my takeaway from this one, my learning from it is that uh, Notre Dame's running style of offense is not one that you should be regularly betting the over on. So note taken. Next time, just pick a side. You know, that's that's a really good point because uh, my one loss this week was the over in that very game. I, I was... Bold, bullish that UNC would be able to keep up with Notre Dame. Um, I still took Notre Dame minus four and a half, as you all remember. This was my, uh, you know, one of my double dips, but uh, it did not turn out uh, great. Uh, they did not do near as much scoring as I hoped. Uh, North Carolina just could not move the ball in the second half at all. Notre Dame's defense just shut them down. But we'll, we can talk more about that game in a little bit. Uh, I went six and one this week, so I had a pretty good week. Um, I kind of cheated a little bit, taking some, uh, some, some pretty terrible teams well not taking them but betting against them so i took tcu minus 24 at kansas that was awesome and umass at liberty i took liberty minus 37 and a half those were both slam dunks it was really funny um at halftime it was like 31 nothing and so i texted one of my good buddies we do a lot of betting together uh and i was like dude this liberty game uh you need to check the line the half at halftime the over under would it, it moved to 44 and a half and i was like there's no way that Liberty doesn't doesn't score. I think it was they just need like two touchdowns or something. It's like there's no way that this doesn't happen. And so, and so he uh, he put in his bet, but he accidentally hit uh, one too many zeros. <laughs> so he bet it much bigger than he intended to, and uh, the the game ended uh, at 45, and, and we had it at 44 and a half. So so we were sweating it pretty hardcore at the end there. But uh, but Liberty prevailed. And uh, I, it feels dirty rooting for Liberty. We were talking about this before. We're not huge fans of, of the uh, institution itself. Uh, sorry for all you Liberty grads. Um, but anyway, uh, I'll move on. Uh, I was also on. School. Yeah. <laughs> Ohio State minus 27 and a half. That game against Illinois got canceled. So, so I lost out on that opportunity. I had Alabama minus 24 and a half at Auburn. That's just like my money pick. Let's just go ahead and roll with Alabama every week. I was on the under in the Washington Utah game. That one hit the only. Uh, the total only got up to 45. I took it at 49 and a half. Um, and then Iowa State plus one and a half at Texas. They ended up winning outright. That was beautiful. We mentioned that as a, a potential upset pick for you guys as well. And then finally, Colorado 
at USC was canceled. I was happy to see Colorado still play, but they unfortunately uh, weren't on my card because that happened after the fact. Um, our upsets, we, we got North Texas and Duke wrong, Kansas State wrong, uh, but we were on Iowa State. So, you know, we continue to give you one good upset a week. So I think that's pretty good. Um, you, you did really well on the uh, the the regular slate of games. Let's, let's go through some of these, talk about them a little bit. Uh, first one up, probably one of the, the bigger games of the weekend. We already talked about a little bit. Notre Dame 31 at North Carolina 17. We both were on Notre Dame to uh, to cover the four and a half, and they did. Talk to me a little bit about this game. What do you think this means for Notre Dame? We Nothing. kind of were up and down on them earlier this year. Uh, early on, I had them as maybe a, a potential playoff team, and then we both changed our mind on them when their offense just could not do anything explosive. Where do you think they are now? Do you think they're a legit contender for national championship? I mean, they're going to be one of the top four, so yes. If you can get them better than probably three and a half to one to win the national championship, I would say there's value there. Um, But with that being said, I don't think this team beats Alabama. I don't think this team, I think this team will lose to Clemson again. And I don't know if they have the horses to beat Ohio state. It's, it's tough to say, like I, I know Vegas has put out odds, like theoretical odds for a lot of these games. And I know Notre Dame is an underdog to Ohio State, who is in theory the fourth team um, getting into this group. So I think they're really good. I think they have a chance. I think Ian Book is has taken a step forward as a quarterback. But their wide receivers just aren't really good enough to exploit anything. Um, right. There are some that are fine, but there aren't any that are amazing. And I mean, the fact that I put as a player to watch this week a freshman tight end who got 54 yards in this game of the now I have of the 279 yards passing 54 of it went to a true freshman. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't think it says a lot about him. I think this team is still going to be the team that tries to beat you with Kyron Williams and really hopes he breaks off a 60 yard touchdown run. I don't, I mean, they're really good. I, I feel like I'm knocking them. I, I genuinely think they're probably the fourth best team in the country. It's just a matter of I, I don't necessarily think they're the best team in the country. And that's going to make Notre Dame fans angry at me. No, no, I, I feel you. I mean, they were they were just absolutely dominant in the second half. It was it was 14-14 after the first quarter. And <laughs> UNC only managed to score another field goal after that. It was a pretty dominating performance. You look at the guy I was watching, Javante Williams. He was not able to do anything. Uh, he had 11 carries for 28 yards, and, and you think, well, maybe Carter got going. No, he only had 57 yards. Now he did it on eight attempts, so he was a little bit more uh, efficient, but most of that came, or half of that came on, on one uh, long run. So, so they just weren't able to do very much against this defensive front for yeah. Notre Dame. They were really shut down. Sam Howell uh, struggled. Um, I'll say again, I've been, you know, I'm still waiting to be impressed by Sam Howell. If I'm honest, he's had a couple big games like uh, against Wake Forest, but that's against Wake Forest. So I, I'm I'm a little bit uh, disappointed in what UNC did. Of course, I was happy to to get the lock win uh, with with Notre Dame, but I, I did think the offense would be able to put up a little bit more of a fight. And just continue to I, I feel like I have to point this out every time we say negative things about Sam Howell. His completion percentage is up six points this year, and his his average yards per attempt is up by a yard and a half. The The issue is, is he last year just scored a kind of an absurd amount of touchdowns and he developed the fourth quarter Sam Howell moniker. Um, right. 
and he was like just dubbed a winner. Statistically, he is doing better than he was last year. It is just the team is has a really bad defense and it's it's just it's getting exploited. So I, for as much as I want to rag on Sam Howell, and I don't think he's my I don't think he's my QB one of 2022 anymore either. We do need to at least take a step back and acknowledge he's still doing really well. Yeah, and and it's probably my expectations were maybe a little bit too high, or maybe my hopes were a little bit too high. Uh, let's move on to a game that I didn't watch um, any of, unfortunately. Uh, Penn State at Michigan. Uh, this game, I mean, for obvious reasons, I wasn't all that interested. Uh, they were sure. combined at the time for for two wins, so uh, not really uh, anything to to, to need to watch, but Penn state ends up winning 27, 17. I was on the wrong side of this one. You got this one, right? Uh, I think you had Penn state of course, as uh, one of your locks. So uh, t- why were you so confident in them and, and what do they show you? Do you think they uh, maybe turned a corner or is this kind of a win? Yes, but a lost season nonetheless. It's a lost season. Don't, don't take anything more than it is a lost season right now. They're mostly fighting a, will they quit uh, mentality mm. on this? That is, this team should have beat Indiana. Again, they had a post-game win expectancy over 90% against Indiana, who we've talked about a couple of times. Indiana's pretty good. They actually gave a decent fight against Ohio State. Um, I can't remember who their other loss was, too, but like the Iowa loss, that was the only one where that team just flat-out quit. So I, my my reasoning for being bullish was I looked at this team and said, huh, Michigan has some pretty clear flaws. They really struggle. If you get to the 40-yard line, if you get to Michigan's 40-yard line, you are coming away with points. They do not get teams off the field in that spot, and they allow more than four and a half points, which means about half the time when you get to the 40-yard line, you're coming away with a touchdown. So I I was really just, I, I mean, I looked at that one and said, this is a spot where Penn State is the better team on the field, and it probably should be a pick em. And I was getting two and a half points. And the one thing I will point out is um, right before the game, it got announced that uh, Devin Ford was out, which allowed them to go to Kayvon Lee, who is a guy that I've mentioned a couple of times this year. Um, no, he was your highlighted player for this game. He was, too. in fact, my player to watch. I think he's I think he's potentially special. I think he is the... I, I don't think anyone that... We have talked about in the last few years, Devin Ford, Journey, I mean, obviously not Journey Brown, but Devin Ford, Noah Kane. I don't think those guys are the next running back in the system. I think it is Kayvon Lee. He went 22 for 134 and a touchdown. I, I mean, he's really good. And Michigan's defense was as bad as I thought it would be. And this game, honestly, could have been worse. They had, I think it was an interception or... No, they had a really bad missed field goal and it like inside. It was just it wasn't a good game. I, I watched all of this game because my wife is a Penn State fan. So this is the one like football game that she actually sat in the room with me. It was kind of yeah. nice. So, um, yeah, it, I mean, I watched it and it was exactly what I was wanting to see. Michigan's defense has major flaws. Penn State's offense was underrated. Sean Clifford wasn't trash, um, wasn't giving away the game and they won. Yeah, so talk to me a little bit more about Kayvon Lee. He is a, a freshman, six foot two twenty, uh, hails from the great state of Florida. A lot of good running backs from there. Do you think he's someone that we should be yes. 
paying a lot more attention yes. to? Is this someone that you would possibly trade for if you're yes. in a deeper league where he was already you? If, yeah, he, if so, he's yes. already been drafted in your league, send out an offer next week. Like, don't do it after his blow up game after everyone knows about him. But like, if Devin Ford comes back this week and all of a sudden they're splitting reps, or him and Kaziah Holmes are in a little more of a split, then send out an offer. I think he has the potential to be the next Todd Gurley. And I know that sounds like an insult. No, no, no. But People, Todd Gurley no. was a freak. And yes. I think he is that special. I don't think he's going to be this receiving back, but I think he's going to be a bowling ball. And I think that a team will fall in love with what they see from him on film. And I believe he's going to be a pretty solid athlete as well. If Penn State realizes this and makes him the feature, we are talking about a guy that is going to be a 14 to 1500 yard rusher in college football. And I think that, I mean, if, if you're telling me that in this, the issue, the only issue you have with him is that the class of 2023 might be loaded at running back. But honestly, I would take him ahead of everyone except for B. John Robinson, Tank Bigsby. I'm trying to there, think. <laughs> that might be it. it. I yeah. think those are the only two I can't, like I, I probably. Trey Sanders. No, I guess he's I mean, in your head. He's in your head. head. But I mean, I, maybe the only one I can think of that I, I mean, the guy, Diamante Trainum, I probably still take ahead of him um, out of Arizona State. And I think that's it. I really think those are the only guys that I'm confidently taking ahead of him. Yeah, no, that's 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 good. That's fair. Uh, let's move on to uh, the Alabama game. Uh, we have Auburn at Alabama. Man, Auburn got just blasted in their big rivalry game, 13-42. to 42. We are both on the right side of this. Player I was watching was Tank Bigsby, who you just mentioned. I wanted to see what he could do. Uh, it wasn't. It feels like it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about how maybe Alabama's defense might be a problem for them, and they have just been shutting down teams. Tank Bigsby could only go, he only went 11 for 39. Um, just an impressive all-around performance for Alabama, and I, I still continue. I know Clemson came out and had a big win. Notre Dame took care of business, but I still think Alabama is just um, head and shoulders above everyone else right now. I know that you'll like to bring up Ohio State, um, I just haven't seen them play as much, obviously. So it's a little bit hard to to include them in that sentence. But Alabama, uh, for my money, they're they're the team to beat right now in in all of college football. Yeah, I don't even. I don't. I, I'm a homer beyond all homers, and I will tell you that Alabama is confidently the best team in the country. You know when yeah. else they were the best? Confidently the best team in the country, 2014. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, honestly, um, so the ta- my uh, quick notes on this game is one. Mac Jones is still awesome. Two, really, it's Devonta Smith. Everyone needs to pay more attention to how good he really is. This dude's going to be an early first-round pick. If Devonta Smith is not in your top three receivers for next year's class, you probably have it in the wrong order. Uh, I think he's special. I think he's really, really good, and I think an NFL team will love him. So, um, yeah. And uh, I, I just have one little anecdote about this game because it makes me giggle. Uh, I had a, in my day job, I had a co-op. Um, who worked in my office, who went to Auburn. Um, she claims to be a big Auburn fan. Um, text me after the game. Uh, oh, man, didn't you see? Big win for the good guys today. And oh, no. <laughs> I because she was at a wine tasting all day, or she was at a winery tour or something like that. So I sent her the score and said, um... I feel like you're looking at last year's results nah. <laughs> and she then spent the rest of the day in a bad mood. So that's uh, hilarious. It was great. That is fantastic. Yeah. 
Um, Devonta Smith is just, to your point, balling out. I mean, so Alabama's played eight games, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and he's got 72 receptions, 1,074 yards, and 12 touchdowns. So I know you can't do this because um, it's a different game, but like, just think about like if, if a wide receiver in the NFL in a, in a season put up 145 catches with 2,000 100 yards and 24 touchdowns because that's the pace you'd be on for a 16 game season like Devonta Smith is doing ridiculous things and I get that you know Trask and Jones are doing fun stuff at the quarterback position but to me like Devonta Smith's my Heisman winner at the moment man he is just balling out am I crazy am I am I being uh foolish here I mean I don't don't think it's going to happen but don't you think he's deserving if a wide receiver is deserving it's Devonta Smith Oh, stop it. (laughs) And I I honestly, I say this, like, I don't mean to, like, I think he is, I think he is a bigger difference maker to the game than Mac Jones. So I would say he should be above Mac Jones. I don't know if I can actually put him above Kyle Trask. I want to, because I don't think Kyle Trask is good, but Kyle Trask is putting up video game numbers in his own right. And he has done it with, without his best receiver for quite a bit of the season. So yes, I think Devonta Smith is awesome. Yes, I think he might be the best player in the country. But I think the most outstanding player, whatever the stupid word wording of the award is, is probably Kyle Trask. Yeah. So Devonta Smith for me, just so you know, um, uh, Colorado at <laughs> yeah, color. I should call I will Colorado yeah. at USC was canceled. I do just want to take a minute to say Colorado looked good in their win again. Again, I live about 20 minutes from Boulder. So, you know, whenever I can talk about my buffs, I also went to school there. Um, I got to. So, so they, uh, got San Diego State on the schedule. They ended up winning uh, 10 to 20. Uh, good game. Nothing no, nothing spectacular. Um, this this um, Sam Neuer kid, ex-free uh, ex safety, now quarterback for, for CU, keeps getting the job done. But I really like Jarek Broussard, uh, sophomore running back. He, he's a smaller guy, but he has just had uh, great success so far. He's already got 430 yards. And three touchdowns. He uh, had had 124 on, on the game. He, he's doing really well. But that was on the game we previewed. I just wanted to talk about Broussard because he he looks good so far. So um, I'm excited about him. Let's move on to another Pac-12 game that did get played. Uh, this one, of course, was scheduled. I think we talked about this one. We we realized the scheduling during the podcast, and that was Utah at Washington. Uh, game ended. 21-24. We got this one wrong. We were both on Washington. Uh, minus six and a half. They ended up squeaking out a win by three. This game was actually, uh, for a long time, looked like a real a real troubling spot for the Huskies. They were down 21 nothing at halftime and uh, came back to win it uh, at the very end of the game with uh, with a uh, with Ottens. I think he had two touchdowns on the on the day, and that was, that was his second touchdown. Um, he was a player you were watching. He ended up going for over 100 on eight catches, two touchdowns. Uh, but man, this, this Washington offense, I don't know if you watch much of this game, but they, uh, they really, really struggle to move the ball. This game was on past my bedtime. I did not watch it. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't think this Washington offense is very good. If you're looking for hope for any player who may eventually become a dynasty player, it's Puka Nakua. Um, he's the only one that's it. And even he's not special. Yeah, it really was um, kind of a difficult game to watch, if I'm honest. Uh, but it, it it's still fun. It's still but it hit I the mean, under. Yes, and and that, and that's why it's a beautiful thing. Be- unders are are terrible to root for, by the way. Um, I really I really do find it difficult. Um, if you're looking from a more holistic side, not just from fantasy football, Elijah Molden 
uh, cornerback for Washington. Uh, we mentioned him last week on the pod. He is absolutely a stud. He had an interception on, on the game, uh, eight tackles, but the dude just loves to hit. He he is going to be uh, an, a, a guy to uh, just to remember. He he's definitely going to be in the NFL uh, before too long. So Elijah Molden for Washington is a is a fun player to watch. Um, before we jump into our Week 14 preview, let's just take a quick second to pause and hear from uh, our colleagues over at Rotovitz. What's up, listeners? This is Curtis Patrick. I just wanted to stop by and say thank you for supporting Rotoviz Radio. You are the absolute best audience in the business, and I know it. As a special thank you, I'm offering 10% off your next Rotoviz subscription. Just use code 2020RVRADIO at checkout. That's right. Go to rotoviz.com, click subscribe, and enter code 2020RVRADIO at checkout for 10% off. You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. It only takes like 10, 15 seconds. Just do it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Now, back to the show. All right, we are back. Let's get into the week 14 preview. First game on the docket. Team you mentioned earlier that needs to come out and uh, continue to win if they want to have a chance. That's Texas A&M traveling to Auburn. Auburn is getting seven points here. How do you see this one shaking out? Uh, do you think Texas A&M can, uh, can, can win by more than seven? I have a feeling you do. Yeah, I do. Uh, Auburn sucks. Auburn is, should be like two and five. Um, what, what are we missing about this number then? Because I'm, I'm with you. I'm all over Texas A&M here. I don't know why the number's so small. It seems wrong. Uh, I think short answer is it seems wrong. Uh, I think Texas A&M is pretty good. I think people are overrating this Auburn defense, thinking that magically they're last year's defense. Uh, maybe there's some COVID issues that we don't fully know about and that Vegas is bank building into this. Short answer, no. I, I, I... This game won't be close. I think AM wins it by, I honestly would say, three touchdowns. Um, I will be watching Aeneas Smith. He is probably my favorite player on Texas AM, which is not that hard to say because I don't really care about Texas AM very much. But he is their leading receiver, leading receiver and their second leading rusher on the team. I can't see a way this dude doesn't make it to the NFL and doesn't have some role on a team offense. I think he is too much of a Swiss Army knife to not get that role somewhere for fantasy. I don't think it will eventually it will ever matter, but I do think that he will. Someone will put him on an NFL roster and they will have fun with him. Yeah, no, he, he he's a fun guy uh, to your point about Auburn's defense. Yeah. I just pulled up their, their rankings. They're, they're not special anywhere. They're 83rd um, in passing yards allowed 68th in rushing yards allowed. So they're, they're not doing anything really well. They're, uh, barely inside the top 40 in, in total points allowed. So they're definitely not a, a defense to to be to be nervous about. So I'm do- totally with you there. I think Texas A&M is able to do quite a bit. And you all know I'm not a huge uh, believer in Texas A&M. I still, I still kind of think Kellen Mond is overrated. Now he is having a much better year this year. He's really taking care of his uh, interception problems. Uh, the player I'm watching, though, is Isaiah Spiller. Uh, we've talked about, well, you've talked about how uh, the difference between him in a good matchup versus a bad matchup is is pretty Stark. So I'm I'm curious to see what he's able to do against this Auburn defense that, like we've said, isn't special. Uh, he's he's almost at 800 yards on the on the season. Uh, I don't think he's going to get to a thousand in this game, but I think he'll get a lot closer because I think he's going to be able to have a, a big game against this Auburn defense. So yeah, I I feel pretty confident with Texas A&M um, covering covering that seven points. 
Uh, let's move on to uh, a low-key, super exciting game. I think uh, I think game day is heading uh, to, to this one. we got Liberty at Coastal Carolina. Again, the line is seven. The home team is favored in this one. What do you think, man? This is gonna be this is gonna be a fun game. I actually haven't watched Coastal Carolina like a, a full on game of theirs yet. I've just seen highlights. I'm I'm gonna tune into this one because this is just too much fun. Uh, never bet against Hugh Freeze unless you're his spouse or. Um, <laughs> oh Jesus! Or man. someone who thinks he's a good person. Um, Liberty's <laughs> gonna win this game. Or I think Liberty outrights this game. I, I nah. Maybe not outrights. They're going to keep it within seven, and Malik Willis is going to play very well, and Hugh Freeze is a garbage person. <laughs> oh, I, I can't disagree uh, with anything, actually. I agree with all of that. I'm also on Liberty. However, the, the player I want to watch here is uh, Coastal Carolina's quarterback. He's a, a true freshman. Actually, I don't know if he's a true freshman. He's a freshman, though. Um, Grayson McCall, he is balling out. He has a 20-to-1 uh, touchdown-interception ratio. He's also got five rushing touchdowns, um, 74 carries for 365. He's having a really, really good year. This is going to be a super fun game. I'm excited to watch these offenses go up against each other. Uh, But yeah, um, it'll be a fun one. I think Liberty is able to keep it pretty close, but I think Coastal Carolina does squeak it out. So I think we pretty much agree on everything, including your uh, your Hugh Freeze takes and uh, just the the, the institution of Liberty in general. Um, Let's move on to um, the... Big 10, we've got Indiana at Wisconsin. We are on different sides. We we were having a little bit of a discussion about this one before we hit record here, and you feel so confident about Wisconsin. So I am going to let you go uh, and and explain to everyone why they should put their mortgage down on on Wisconsin right here. The line is 14 and a half. So we mentioned earlier, Michael Penix is is out in this game. Uh, I don't think Jack Tuttle is bad. But he now has 16, or after last week's game, he has 16 career pass attempts at the college level. So, okay, if you're going up against a Rutgers or you're going up against a Purdue or some middling, not nothing special kind of team, fine. I think Jack Tuttle could come in there and run a fine offense to keep them in that game. Here's the issue. They're going up against the best defense in the country right now. Their sample size is small, but whatever. They have the best success defensive success rate allowed. They only allow uh, 1.9 points per opportunity, and they create create havoc on 20.6 plays per game, or 20.6% of the plays. They're really, really good uh, on defense. So now pretty much throw out all of, out, out all of Indiana's offensive numbers because realistically we have no idea what they're going to look like with a new QB under center because Michael Penix did so much to keep them alive. But the, I mean, they only create 2.15 line yards per attempt. They get stuffed on a little over 20% of their rush attempts and their rushing success rate um, uh, on the year is only 34.9%. So you're saying that this rushing attack of Indiana is going to be able to go in here and do anything against Wisconsin. I don't see it happening. I think Wisconsin has just enough firepower to put up like somewhere between 28 and 35 points. And I don't know how Indiana is going to be able to keep up in this game. I actually would feel pretty confident in this number all the way up to like 17, potentially 17 and a half. I am not that scared of this Indiana team, and I think that they should 
I mean, I, I don't see a, a path to them scoring enough to make this a competitive game. Hmm. By the way, I'll I mean, be watching Jalen Berger because Wisconsin, despite the fact that Graham Mertz gets all the hype and all the love, Wisconsin still runs the ball on almost 63% of their offensive plays. Their offensive success rate running the ball is on 537 and their offensive line is still among the best at creating yards. They create 3.4 yards per attempt. This is a running team that just happens to have a quarterback that doesn't suck. Yeah, they actually average more rushing yards a game than passing yards. So that's definitely true. Um, I think the reason I was leaning Indy, and I'm definitely, this will not be on my uh, locks, just so you know. Um, and and I think you put forth a very compelling case. I still lean Indiana, um, but only if I'm getting two plus touchdowns. You know, if it, if it drops back, like I think it, the line started at 12 and a half. Um, earlier in the week, I have no interest in it there. But uh, the touch, the two touchdowns and a hook, I, I feel a little bit better with, just because I think Indiana's defense will be able to to slow down uh, Wisconsin. I don't think this is going to be much of a game as far as competitive wise, but I think Indiana is able to keep it close. I'm watching Jack Tuttle this week. I, I want to see what he can do, um, filling in for Penix, as you said. Um, I'm not sure if he's competent. We'll have to wait and see. We just haven't seen enough from him. But I think Indiana's able to keep it close. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. To your point, I think uh, I think this one could end up in a in a route. If in, if Indiana gets down early and, and they have to just rely on throwing the ball, it, it could be it could be bad. But I think they keep it close long enough that they're able to uh, to to keep it within that fourteen uh, and a half. One of the games I'm excited to watch just because it's gonna be absolute fireworks is Alabama at LSU. LSU plus twenty nine and a half. Huge number considering LSU is uh, the defending national champion. It just doesn't seem to matter. Uh, where, are you, where are you on this one? Alabama. Short answer. Always yep. trust in Alabama. Uh, I don't, I mean, I think we saw a couple of flashes this year where LSU looked, I don't want to say good, but they looked competent-ish. And um, I mean, I I don't trust them at all. I think that's about as far as i'm going with this is i don't really trust them so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm not sure on this one just because that that's a big number and that's just a hard one to tell i've been taking alabama blindly all not blindly but they, they've given us reason to just circle them on your on your card every week and, and roll forward with them so i'm picking bama again this is going to be one of the few weeks i don't lock them up just because that number does feel pretty high but again um if i if I was going to bet this one, it'd be Bama. I'm curious to see what Metchie can do. We've already talked about uh, Devonta, how awesome he is. I, I'm kind of uh, excited watching other receivers in that offense get 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 rolling as well. So we'll see what's left over for him after uh, after Smith gets his two or three touchdowns. But uh, Metchie's the guy I'm interested in seeing in this one. Uh, let's move on to the last game before we get to our locks, and that's a Baylor at Oklahoma. Another pretty big line here. Oklahoma at home, favored by 22 and a half. Uh, Baylor's really struggled this year. Uh, I kind of hoped they would be something good. I was hoping Charlie Brewer would uh, take that next step this year. And uh, man, Baylor's just been struggling. So, so where are you on this one? Who do you want to see um, kind of break out this week? I, I'm looking at the uh, you just see who the I have show doc, and I can see you have. So, I'm assuming you're hoping for a breakout this week. So, as I'm gonna keep picking until he's the number one wide receiver on that team. Um, I want to watch Jaden Hazelwood because I think he's awesome and I think he has really high upside and he's now healthy. Um, I'm taking Oklahoma 
because right now Oklahoma is playing better than most teams. I actually think if I were to on a neutral field, I would make them favorites against any team not named Alabama. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I think I think they're really, really, really good, and I think they're going to be able to score however much they want. Yeah, you bring up a really good point. I think one of the one of the difficulties about college football is that the beginning of the season, a, a loss in the beginning season can almost be weighted as much as a loss at the end of the year. That's not always true, but but those two losses Oklahoma suffered early, especially like back-to-back and the way it happened, really put them in a tough, tough spot to come back and, and have a chance for the playoffs, especially when you consider their playoff history. But if you look at what Spencer Rattler has done and what this offense has done recently, so in the first four games, Spencer Rattler had, had thrown five interceptions. He was turning the ball over all the time, just really, really... Um, unfortunate plays that were costing them games in all reality. They were at crucial moments. Um, I'm thinking specifically in that, like that Kansas state game. Uh, But in his last four, he's only thrown one pick. He's really been dynamic. Their offense has just been in cruise control. Like you said, they can do just about anything. And I do agree with you. I think on a neutral field right now, this, this Oklahoma team uh, would put up a fight against anyone. Um, And and so it's kind of a shame that they, uh, that they started off with, those uh, losses like they did, but I'm with you. I'm on OU here. I think they have a pretty comfortable win here. And again, I mean, they're not technically uh, out of it yet. There's scenarios where they could maybe see themselves in the playoffs. So they still have a lot to play for and they're a young team. And I think they want to just keep this, this offense clicking, but uh, OU looks really good. So I'm going to stick with them. I know you love um, one of, one of your favorite uh, things to look at is, uh, is an Oklahoma home over, I know it didn't hit last time you took it. Is that something that uh, that you might be interested in this week? Let me look at the number. I haven't actually looked at that one. Uh, yeah, I, probably. Um, it's, it's, I'm sure not small. <laughs> Oklahoma doesn't make it easy to get overs, but let me... God, I should. Well, the problem with Oklahoma is not their side of it. It's that the other team has to score a bunch too, and their defense has been playing a little bit better. The over-under is set at 62, 62 and a half from 61 61 what I can tell. Um, oh, look at that. Well, think about it. Think about knows? it. But Maybe you'll last, hear it again. I haven't actually <laughs> thought about it. The Last week, 13 points. Week before that, 9 points, 28 points, 14 points. They have not. Their defense has been playing really, really well. They've only given up more than two touchdowns. Um in one of those games. So, I mean, again, you're playing not elite teams. Kansas is thrown in there, but uh, Oklahoma state was only able to put up 13. So uh, that that's my fear is w- will Baylor be able to score enough? But um, yeah, if you do want to bet on these games or any games uh, you want to go to betonline.ag. I am struggling so much today, Matt. It is embarrassing, but Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. In fact, as we just mentioned, as soon as we're done with this podcast, I'm going to go put a small wager on Devonta Smith to win the Heisman because I'm sure Bet Online has some great numbers for me there. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today. Um, we got college football. College basketball just started up again. We've got the NBA around the corner. All types of exciting opportunities to bet. So head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Let us get into our Week 14 locks. Why don't you take a 
from here, my good man? So I'll start it off with the one I already hinted at. Uh, Wisconsin minus 14 against Indiana. Um, my biggest takeaway from this one is is really the fact that Wisconsin's uh, rushing attack is running at a one of the, the weak areas of the uh, Indiana defense. So even though Indiana has a defensive success rate of only 40.1%, they only stuff 13.6 yards per attempt, which is, I think, third lowest, I think is what I was the what I said. It's the third lowest in, like the, that, yeah. um, in the country. And their defensive line yards, 3.344 is actually it was again, it's I think it was uh, bottom 10 in the country. So you're talking about a defense that while they they tend to like limit the five yards um, on first down or um, get to 70 percent they're really not getting stops. And if Wisconsin is just going to keep going at them and going at them and going at them with this running game, I don't see a path to Wisconsin getting off the field. And Indiana without Michael Penix is such a huge question mark. If you were going to sit here and say that, okay, well, they'll just go a little bit more run heavy. They only have an offensive rushing success rate of 34.9%. They're stuffed on 20.8 and their line doesn't create enough yards. Um, And while they only allow havoc on 14% of their plays. Part of that is because Michael Penix just avoids, avoids tackles um, and doesn't give up the sack. And really, despite the fact that he's a little bit, I don't want to say errant in his throws, he really doesn't throw a lot of picks. So it's a, what we're getting from Indiana is just a massive question mark. And if you're looking for them to be able to put up 21 points and stay close in this game, I just don't see a path to it against maybe the best defense in the country. So it's going to be low scoring. It's going to be kind of ugly, but if honestly would 17 to nothing shock you in this game? No, I don't think, I mean, yes, but, but I get your point. That's, and that's where I'm at. It's like this game very, even if Wisconsin's offense sucks, even if they're brutal, they were brutal uh, against Northwestern and they held Northwestern's offense to like sub three yards per play. I don't even see a path to in this Indiana team averaging more, like over four yards a play. And if that's the case, I really just, I don't see a path. Yeah. No, I like it. I mean, I, I like your reasoning. You made me much more hesitant because uh, I felt like Indiana was a pretty safe bet until we started talking earlier. And I definitely, I will, I will not be playing this one because I, I, I'm very nervous about it. But, uh, but that's because I went in leading Indiana. So you make a make a good argument. Uh, something I'm a little bit annoyed about is um, the the opening number for the Texas A&M Auburn game was three and a half, and I'm just kicking myself for not taking it because that seems like it would just be stupid easy money. But I still think the minus seven is great value for Texas A&M. So I am locking them up at Auburn. I think Auburn, uh, so, so let me say, this is more of a, a, a fade Auburn pick than a I love Texas A&M pick. I really think that that Alabama game really broke whatever will was left for Auburn. I don't think they're going to be able to get up for this one. Bo Nix has been really underwhelming. Uh, I know he's still young. He's still an underclassman. And, and the, the future could still be bright for him, but it's not happening this week. Uh, I think Texas A&M ends up rolling in this one. Pretty easy victory. Uh, I think you said you wouldn't be surprised if it was a th- like a, a three-score game. Uh, I'm with you there. I think I think this is uh, probably my my safest bet of the, of the week. Yeah, I, that number looks silly to me. Yeah, can you believe it opened at three and a half? Wow, where were we for that? <laughs> 
I live in Ohio. It's hard to bet here. I'd have to. Uh, That's true. I'm not. I'm not thinking quick typically. Um, all right, I'm going to go to a team that did me did me okay last week, and I, just for the reference sake for everyone, I have a lot of gut picks this week because I felt like I overthought a lot of things over the past couple of weeks, and I need to kind of go back to my gut. And I also didn't have a ton of time to prepare this week because I was just coming from a funeral. So. Here is my my team that I now love that you hate. Uh, App State, Louisiana, over 51.5. S&P Plus has this game at 57. I think both of these offenses are pretty strong, and both of these teams are going to have a propensity to score points. So give me the over. You know I love when you take overs. I don't care. I don't care what the teams are. That always makes me happy. I've got an over for you, too. We've already been talking about, about Jarrett. So uh, give me the over in the Buffalo at Ohio game. These these teams are too much fun right now um, from an offensive perspective. Um, I, I like to uh, go over to Odd Shark occasionally because they give you some fun um, like trends and stuff like that over the years, like like what teams have done and all that kind of good stuff. Um, and and one of the things they have is like their predicted score. And they have this one to, to very comfortably go over uh, the, the number right now. Uh, the best I can see it is uh, is 58 and a half. And, uh, and they're guessing it'll be closer to like 73. I know S&P Plus has has this over 58 and a half as well. So, uh, so I, I really like it. I think these offenses are, are going to be able to, to move the ball uh, pretty easily. And, and uh, I, I think that 58 number uh, is, is just fine with me. So give me Buffalo at Ohio over 58 and a half. I love it, actually. Um... Let's break your heart. Um, Oregon minus oh, nine no. and a half at Cal. Um, How is that breaking my heart? You know why it's breaking your heart? Because you're going to get your hopes up because I picked <laughs> it because I'm confident. Um, so this is another one. It's a little bit of a gut play. I think that Oregon's run defense, while currently has a defensive success rate allowed of 47.9%, is a little bit fake. I think they played some good running backs and those good running backs exploited them. Here is why I think they'll be fine. Cal's offense is atrocious. So Cal actually is capable of running the ball. Um, They have a success rate of 45.5%, but they're actually not running the ball enough, which is weird because I never say that about teams. Uh, They should run the ball more but they're running the ball less than 50% of the time, despite the fact that their line is creating over 3.1 yards per carry. It's just, I don't know how Cal is going to be able to score, and their defense is also very bad. So this Oregon offense, which looks good, is going to put up a lot of points, and this Cal offense, which has been atrocious, is not. I think we see this be a little bit closer to two touchdowns. I don't love them. I mean... If it gets over 10, I don't love it, but under 10, I'm pretty confident in Oregon covering. Yeah, I will not bet Oregon for a while. <laughs> I've just I just don't I, I I find them such a difficult team to get a read on right now. I mean, I watch every every snap, so uh and, and I'm still kind of clueless, but I, I like where you're at. Um I was I actually had the Oregon game, uh, I had the over on my card uh, up until recently. I just took it off because no, no, it's because of what you said. Like your um, your fear of what Cal can do offensively uh, scares me a little bit. And and if if Cal can't score, if they're not going to keep up, 
Uh, I don't know how Oregon gets close to that 58 number. Their offense has been awesome, but they love to run the ball. And, and as we know, like if only one team's really running the ball um, successfully and other teams just out there not scoring any points, it's going to be hard to get to, that, to, to a huge number. So uh, the reason I like the over is just because uh, both these uh, teams are, are in the bottom hundred <laughs> in yards per play allowed. So, so they're really moving the, allowing the opposing teams to move the ball at will. I don't know. I'll think about it. Uh, the one I want to talk about, though, is uh, the, the team that just beat Oregon, the Beavers, plus 11 and a half at Utah, a, a, a Utah team that just let, uh, as we as we mentioned earlier, a big lead slip through their fingers. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really understand why this number is so high. 11 and a half points. I'm sure I'm missing something. A lot of times when I see these numbers that are just like completely baffling to me, I, I end up like betting it can like pretty heavily and then losing. So uh, I, I might be missing something here, but I just don't understand why Utah is being favored by 11 and a half. I know they're at home. I know there's elevation, but the Beavers, like you said, they've been a lot better than people expected. And, and I think they're going to be able to go out there, put up another good game and, and keep this one close. So give me Oregon state plus 11 and a half. Well, we know I like the Beavers. Uh, they are the best team in the state of Oregon. Um, oh, shut, shut your mouth. I will say they are 7-0 against the spread on the road So uh, in, their, in their last seven. So they, they've been doing doing well. I will say watch out because uh, Gebbia, their, their quarterback, who is not their team, but but he is uh, he did get injured late in that game against Oregon. But but to me, this game's all about uh, about Jefferson. So anyway, like, yes. is Jeremiah healthy? We're good. Um, yep. <laughs> all right. So, you know, a team that I don't actually like as um, as a program, uh, Liberty. Um, Hugh Freeze knows how to teach teams how to score points. I don't care that I don't like them. Uh, Liberty, Coastal Carolina over 53 and a half. These are two uh, top 30 teams, according to offensive S&P plus. This S&P plus has this game over 60. They're going to be points here and uh, I'm going to take them. I like it. I'm on this game as well. I've got Liberty plus seven as my lock. Um, Liberty has been fun. I mean, they've been eight and two against the spread. I'm going to, I'm going to take them to, uh, to keep this one close. They've been, even their losses, they've, they've been close. So, uh, so give me Liberty plus seven. Um, I agree that this is going to be a really fun game. I, I like your, uh, your play of the over as well. So, um, if, if you can, uh, double dip in that one, if you can do like a little parlay with a Liberty plus seven and over 53 and a half, I, I would lean that way too. So, uh, yeah, I'm on that game also. That's great. No, I, I keep flipping back and forth between tabs and it's not helping. Um, <laughs> Here's one that's going to make you feel gross because this game last year, we probably would have guessed it would have been like a total of 80 something Uh, Alabama LSU under 68 and a half. So we've mentioned that Alabama's defense is actually kind of coming together. They're actually starting to play pretty well. They're holding teams to like no points. And if you're a bad offense, you're not coming away with more than 20 points. This is uh, not a spot for LSU. LSU only scored seven points against Texas A&M. They scored 27 against Arkansas, and that's the highlight. They only scored 11 points against an Auburn team that just led up 40-something to Alabama. The only fear here is how many points does Alabama feel like putting up on the board? Um, Yes, LSU's defense is not great. Yes, I think that there's a chance Alabama can do whatever they want. But at the same time, I am banking on Alabama stopping when they get to like 48. And if that's the case, I don't see LSU getting to 20. And I think we will stay pretty comfortably underneath the 68 and a half number quickly glancing because, well, I have that spreadsheet open. Uh, LSU, excuse me. Quickly. Yeah. Uh, 
S&P Plus has this game at 61, 61.8. <clears throat> yeah, we get it. we're getting a little bit of value here. I am taking an under and making you sad. Yeah, taking an under in an Alabama game would give me such intense uh, heartburn that uh, some 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 indigestion, some some sleeplessness. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it in good conscience. I could not do it. Uh, but what I will take, um, you know, you just mentioned S and P plus. Uh, they've got Memphis actually favored uh, as a better team traveling to Tulane. Uh, but if you're betting it, you can get plus one and a half with Memphis. So I see a little bit of value there. I think I uh, agree that Memphis is a, a live dog here. So Memphis plus one and a half. I'm going to lock that up. I feel pretty good about that one. Um, in their last 10 meetings, Memphis is nine and one against Tulane. So so that makes me happy too. Uh, so so give me Memphis plus the one and a half points. Uh, let's let's yeah, let's do it. More of the money is coming in on Tulane. I don't know why. I, I feel great about this one. So I have to go back to all reliable here on this one. So what has been my favorite bet of the year? Oh, man. Now you're Ohio asking me to State, remember something. Oh, yeah. Ohio uh, State minus 12 and a half in the first half against Michigan State. Uh, I don't really know who's going to be on the field for Ohio State. I feel fairly confident that Justin Fields will be on the field against Michigan State. If Justin Fields is on the field... I am banking on Justin Fields being able to put up some points against uh, Michigan State because he's put up points against everyone. Um, yeah, I still don't trust Ohio State in the second half of games. I don't necessarily think this is a spot where Ohio State is going to play flat, especially if we're looking at potentially some younger guys getting reps, some people who actually need um, playing time. Uh, I, I don't think it'll be flat, but... I think Ohio State is up by more than two touchdowns at halftime. Yeah, I, I like that. I could see that happening. Michigan State's been such a weird team this year, like uh, either terrible or, or surprisingly good uh, considering their competition. But yeah, I don't think they can hang with with Ohio State. Uh, I don't care who you have on the field. Uh, a game I like here, uh, the numbers keeps moving in my direction, and that's Texas at Kansas State. The number's down to seven. Um, I like Texas to win uh, that game by more than a touchdown. Kansas State has really been uh, kind of struggling as of late, as we know. Um, they they lost their quarterback, and, and, and since then it's it's not been uh, quite as good. Uh, they're they're one and four in their last five games. Now they have been able to uh, to cover in a lot of those, but I don't think that they uh, cover this one. Uh, I'm going to lay the seven points with uh, the Longhorns here. I think Ellinger has a has, has a good game, and uh, Texas wins by ten. And I hate betting on Texas, by the way. But this number I was about to say, I'm like, too much value just, on this like, one. Have fun rooting against Texas last week. It was great. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I know. I what threw, am I doing to myself? I just threw this one on the card. Um, so you know how we don't believe in momentum. We don't really like it's momentum can't be quantified and blah 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 blah. Yes. Penn State got it rolling. Penn State minus eleven against <laughs> Rutgers. So, so you're buying into the thing you don't believe in. I Uh, love it. No, I I don't. I, but I do think there's, while I don't think there's such thing as momentum, I do think there's at least in 2020, there's some narrative reason to believe that teams have quit and teams um, are throwing in the towel and teams that haven't. I think that that win last week gave players like Sean Clifford and Kayvon Lee and Kaziah Holmes and Jahan Dotson and Parker Washington, who is a player that does not get mentioned enough. Parker Washington is special. I think that they are a substantially better team than Rutgers, and I think that they will be able to win this game by more than two touchdowns. And if that is the case, then 
give me them at minus 11 and they stop quitting. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, I've got one for you that makes me feel kind of queasy. Uh, that's Oklahoma State minus two and a half at TCU. Uh, Horn Frogs had a nice win against Kansas, but they're not playing Kansas this week. They're, they're playing the Cowboys. And uh, Oklahoma State, I think they've really struggled. Like They were doing so well early on this year. They've had a couple of rough ones, but they've also been playing a lot more difficult competition as of late. Um, I don't think TCU qualifies as extremely tough competition. I think you know it's less than a field goal. I think Oklahoma State can absolutely cover that. So I'm laying the two and a half with Oklahoma State. And uh, this is another one of those numbers that kind of surprised me when I saw it. So I'm going to roll with it. And, uh, and, and, and hopefully I'm smarter than everyone else. Uh, we'll see if that, if that pans out We're or definitely not. smarter than everyone else. Well, perfect. Um, this one was funny, like going over to odd shark, they actually have TCU, uh, winning this game outright. And I definitely don't see that happening. So, um, I, I like Oklahoma state to, uh, to take care of business, um, on the road that are not great against the spread. They're only three and five, but that's got to change, right? Yeah, they're due. Sure. <laughs> they're too yeah numbers we only use the numbers when they when they work out in our favor so uh this is one that uh you know looking at some of the places where, where i do my research um i think oklahoma state ends up winning this by about uh four and a half or five so i i i take this even if the line moves a little bit no i don't i don't hate that spot i as much as i think uh oklahoma state was overrated early on in the year i do think that you are i mean i I think they're they're a better team and getting this game under a field goal means that you are if they win, you're probably winning. So I, I think you're okay. I I'm no reason to fight you on this one. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Do you have any more for us? Because I've I've got one more. So I I didn't want to uh keep going if you uh if you had another one you wanted to add to your card. Yeah. Let me let me add this one because I, I don't have any Mac on my card right now and I feel bad about that. Central Michigan minus uh well let me see what number I can get it at right now, but I, I saw it at one and a half. Um let me actually let's pull up the numbers. Uh minus one and a half against Ball State. I know you're asking yourself, Matt, why are you picking them? SP Plus says the game should be four. That's the whole reason. And I <laughs> this is your game. This is your fuck you game of the week. I'm guessing. Yeah, but I don't actually hate Ball State. Um, no, I, but it's a uh, huh, who cares? Let's add another one to the card. <laughs> well, so eighty six percent of the money has come in on um, Central Michigan. I believe uh, there was some sharp money that came in on it. It's just a spot where I think that Central Michigan is a a pretty solid uh, team this year and. I don't know. I like it. I was hoping that your uh, your random game of the week was going to be uh, Bowling Green, Akron, like two of the worst teams in all of college football. Because I, I would be curious to see don't where you were out on that one. But uh, but but my last one is I'm I'm taking the Hurricanes minus fifteen at Duke. I think Miami can uh, can shut down that prolific offense that we saw last week that uh, crushed your under. And uh, I think Miami rolls pretty easily in this one. Um, I'm hoping they get up for it. Uh, Miami can can sometimes disappoint uh, when you think they're going to come out uh, rolling. But uh, but yeah, give me my, Miami minus 15. I uh, I don't have a whole lot of strong takes other than the fact that uh, this was an S&P Plus special for me. Uh, I like the numbers that 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 he had there. And, and Plus loves Miami every year. 
yeah, so let, let's go with it. Uh, that's my last one. It looks like you're adding another one yeah, fuck uh, you. to your um, <laughs> You made me do this. You bullied me into this game. Bowling Green State University plus two and a half at Akron. Akron is one of the two worst teams in all of college football. The other one is UMass. I and Bowling Green. <laughs> yeah, Bowling Green might be third worst. Um, yeah, give me garbage. Um, I love me some garbage games. Sharp Money has come in on Bowling Green, and I will take that money. Yeah, I actually, in our upsets, I actually have Bowling Green over Akron at plus 120. Um, so, so I'm with you there. Uh, a quick aside, Bowling Green has a soft spot in my heart because, uh, one of my most epic NCAA football, uh, dynasties, I was Bowling Green and, and Galen Duffy, a, a five-star, uh, dual threat quarterback led them to numerous national championships. So, so Bowling Green, uh, Bowling Green forever, baby. That that's it. What's your, uh, what, what are some of your, uh, upsets specials or, or even if you just have one? I mean, I'm writing one in now. It's cheating. It shouldn't be an upset. or it, it. I mean, it absolutely should be an upset. But Liberty plus 325 um, against Coastal That's Carolina. a great number. Um, yeah. I mean, you can you can shop around on money lines. Um, at, we would always say go to bet online. But don't be afraid to go look uh, at some other books just to see what you can get. And then I do have one other one. Nope, you already have that one on yours, and I'm not stealing it from you. Which one? Which one was it? I Because I, I've got Bowling Green over Akron at plus 120. I've got Oregon State to straight up beat Utah. I don't need those 11 and a half points. Just give me give me Moneyline plus 340. The Beavs get it done. My other was one that? was going to be Boston College over Virginia. Yeah, um, plus 190. Do it. You so can take that one. I'm stealing that one from you, um, largely because I am a big Boston College fan this season because they steal good players from Ohio state. And, um, yeah, you, you like the jerk, huh? Yeah. They're yeah. there. I don't like Virginia and I like rooting against Virginia. <laughs> Those are all very good reasons. Well, I love it. Uh, that's good stuff. Uh, let's go over the, uh, the locks real quick. I'll go over mine and then you go over yours. I've got Texas A&M minus seven at Auburn. I've got Buffalo at Ohio over 58 and a half. I've got Oregon State plus 11.5 at Utah, Liberty plus 7 at Coastal Carolina, Memphis plus 1.5 at Tulane. Wow, I have more um, dogs this week than, than probably ever. Three dogs this week. That is so unlike me. You're I've got Texas. Yeah, I've got Texas minus 7 at K-State, Oklahoma State minus 2.5 at TCU, and Miami minus 15 at Duke. I've got all road teams, a couple of favorites, a couple of dogs, and a little uh, little overaction because that's how I roll. What you got on your card, Matt? I've got Wisconsin minus 14 against Indiana. Ohio State uh, minus 12 and a half in the first half against Michigan State. Alabama and LSU under 68 and a half. App State and Louisiana over 51 and a half. Oregon minus nine and a half at Cal. Liberty and Coastal Carolina over 53 and a half. Penn State minus 11 against Rutgers. Central Michigan minus one and a half against Ball State and Bowling Green State University plus two and a half at Akron. You and need to start doing the reads. That was fantastic. Every once in a while, I'm fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was really, really good. Um, and uh, for the upsets of the week, really, back Liberty is going to be a fun team to back this week there. Um, even though I hate everything about the school and everything about the program, they have Malik Willis. <laughs> who is a, a really good quarterback, and I think he's going to make that game really fun. And then Boston College, watch out for Zay Flowers and Jalen Gill to get loose against this Virginia team. 
yeah, uh, my upsets are Bowling Green over Akron and Oregon State at Utah. That one's plus 340, so you get some 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 nice money there. Um, that's good stuff, man. I, I'm really excited. I, I do appreciate that every time you mentioned Liberty, you, you went on to throw out a, a half dozen caveats. <laughs> that, that's a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone disagrees. Uh, that's good stuff. Uh, I'm excited for some football. I need it, man. It's been it's been cold out here in Denver, Boulder area. It's, it was like 13 degrees today. I need something to keep me entertained while I am sitting by the fire. So uh, I'm ready for some football. It's going to be a, a great week. I'm hoping we don't see any more postponements and cancellations. Uh, this could be this could be a lot of fun. Do you have anything you'd like to leave our uh, our good listeners with, Matt, before we take off? Bye, Chris Alave and Kayvon. Man, you you went an hour and twenty minutes without mentioning the great Chris Olave's name, uh, but I'm glad to hear you do it now. Uh, thanks again, everyone. Have a great week. We'll be back with you next week. So, Stefan, uh, so you and I always <laughs> typically get on Twitter immediately following recording the show, and um, so there's some uh, rumors heavily floating out there that uh, I just sent along to you, and I know there's it maybe was floating around all day, but... So it seems like Liberty might be having a coronavirus outbreak and uh, is unlikely to be playing Coastal Carolina. And it looks like it might be BYU instead. So I hope you enjoyed all my shots at Liberty. Absolutely. I still feel that way. If Liberty does manage to play this game this weekend, everything I said about that game, I still am on that side. But with the news that uh, BYU and Coastal Carolina is out there, I I. I do think we should at least talk about that game being really fun. Um, It's a matchup of two undefeated. I don't want, they're not independent, but non power five programs. And yeah, I mean, I'm real. I think I honestly, I'm more excited for that game than Liberty and coastal Carolina. And I'm, I was pretty darn excited about Liberty and coastal Carolina. So uh, I won't have any plays on that game, obviously, because well, we have no idea what the lines are going to be because the game isn't official yet. Um, but if so, uh, I, I'm saying I would probably like BYU in that game up to 14 and a half ish. Oh, that's interesting. I was going to say 13 and a half. So I think we're pretty close there. So good game. Uh, everyone be excited if that game does happen. We we didn't break it, but we we made a point of coming back and giving you guys some extra fun to the podcast because we care about you. Absolutely. All right. Thanks again, guys. Bye, Chris Labe. <laughs> Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? 
Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.